I think great photography is probably the least expensive way to differentiate your product. Today's podcast is brought to you by Aurelia Pay. I use them personally for sending money to my Chinese suppliers from Hong Kong. It's a cross-border payment solution between China, Hong Kong, and Southeast Asia. So when I need to make a payment to a Chinese supplier, I just hop online to place the remittance, pay to the Aurelia Pay's Hong Kong-based bank account, and Aurelia Pay will settle RMB within the same business day. So check them out online at www.aureliapay.com, A-U-R-E-L-I-A-P-A-Y.com, or check them out linked in our show notes. Welcome to the Global from Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. Episode 204, Global from Asia. I'm practicing my lower voice. What do you guys think? Got a, got some constructive feedback from a listener. And it was anonymous, so I think it's real uh, intentions that I should talk in a lower voice. What do you guys think? Not as high pitched. I guess it's like my age. I look, uh, I look younger, and I probably sound younger than I am. My second kid is going to college. Not college. <laughs> Not that old. Second kid is going to school. Already preparing. Can you believe this? So. That that makes you older for sure for the parents out there listening, but we're doing good at Global From Asia here, um, getting deeper into the 200 episodes mark, and in December, just a few more shows for 2017, and we got the good ones coming and rolling, rolling. This one is one of our top, let me adjust my voice, one of our top speakers uh, from the cross-border matchmaker, Keith O'Brien. And he has some amazing knowledge. He, I, I met him a couple of years ago on Facebook when I had a video about a Chinese Amazon seller conference I was attending on the vlog. And we had connected quite a bit, uh, kept in touch, had some calls about Chinese sellers and the international sellers and the whole scene. He's been fascinated with that. And we've connected and it was amazing. He's first time to China. We met him. He spoke at the Cross-Border Matchmaker, who was a top speaker, and we also got him on the show to share. As always, we have show notes at globalformasia.com slash episode 204, and let's tune in. All right, everybody, another Global From Asia podcast. We have Keith O'Brien just returning back to America after his first time to China. And he was an amazing speaker at our cross-border matchmaker. And he's the CEO and founder of Market Hustle and SellerPhoto.com. Thanks so much, Keith, for following up and getting on the show, sharing with us today. Oh, it's great to be here, Michael. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. So today we're going to talk a little bit about what you shared at the at the conference, which people really enjoyed. And you had so many amazing things to, to share, which is optimizing the listings and your ranking. Um, before we get into, into that, we, we've been talking for almost maybe, uh, I think like a year and a half or so. We connected, I remember on Facebook and I've been out here for quite some time at these conferences. I think you saw one of my vlogs about, uh, Chinese Amazon conferences and, 
we've been chatting on and off since then. So maybe how, yeah, how, yeah. How, <laughs> I, yeah. I saw you walking around uh, China after an event, just filming yourself walking down the street. And I was like, you know, who's this white dude living in China <laughs> yeah. doing a video blog? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of mm-hmm. something I do. Yeah. But. yeah, that's great. But uh, yeah, so maybe you can just catch up people a little bit about yourself and, and your business. Sure. Um, sure. You know, I, um, you know, I've mostly been an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm in, I'm, uh, I've got you by a bunch of years. So I'm in my mid forties. I actually had my, my 46th birthday, um, while I was in Guangzhou, uh, last month. So, um, yeah. so that was fun. Happy birthday. And, yep. uh, yeah. And, uh, so, you know, I started in business, you know, when I was around 20 and, um, I've had, a variety of different businesses. Some have been wildly successful. Some have been wildly full of lots of lessons, you know, Um, but, um, you know, uh, my main industries in the last 25 years are, have been, I mean, everything's been around marketing. And then, you know, my, uh, from a product standpoint, you know, up until about, uh, 10 years ago or so I, I sold mostly, I was in mostly in the, the training and development space. So we sold courses and seminars, uh, around personal development and leadership. And so, you know, I was on both, both ends of that, you know, throughout the years I was on the, the, the marketing and business development end, and then I was on the seminar leader and facilitation end, you know, and got a chance to, you know, be on stage a, a lot and, and work with a lot of people and, you know, kind of helping to, to get the mind right, um, you know, both personally and, and professionally. You know, as you know, it's uh, it's it's an equal part of uh, of mindset, attitude, and and then uh, execution of what you actually do uh, to have it all work well. Um, and uh, but the last uh, the last couple of years, we've been immersed in the e-commerce space. And my business partner, who uh, you know originally founded uh, the first service company, uh, which was I Love to Review, he's been a seller for about five and a half years. You know, it's got a multiple seven-figure um, products business, and and uh, um, uh, and I got really intrigued by it a couple about three and a half years ago, and and uh, we built up I Love to Review together, and and then uh, the last two companies really were born out of the you know kind of the phoenix of uh, of I Love to Review where we shut that down a year ago. So it's been a good run. I mean, we've we've served um, a lot of sellers. We've learned a lot. We've seen a lot of data pushed through our, our various uh, companies, uh, and so we've got a pretty good sense of what makes things move on Amazon and and uh, uh, and how to drive a successful products business. And literally, my first per- product personally uh, went live while I was traveling in China, which is pretty cool. That's really great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, like, like you said, I mean, we've all had our successes and our failures. And I think anybody who says they, any entrepreneur who says they haven't is, uh, is probably lying because I think it's all about the, the roller coaster ride of doing your own venture and, uh, trying your best, putting yourself out there, right? And doing something. I like the Steve Jobs quote where he's like, uh, I can't, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna mess it up, but basically the idea is connecting the dots after you can't really connect the dots before. So you kind of, guess the best way you have these dots 
And then everybody says, oh, it looks like it all made sense. But when you're doing it, you don't know when these dots are going to connect, but they usually, you know, connect. So it's all, it's awesome. And, uh, yeah. So it's, so yeah, like you said, you've worked with so many sellers and, and done various services and ones you're doing now. And, and you've, so how was it at this last trip in, in this time in China? Like, uh, how, how did it, how was, uh, you know, you went to Guangzhou for the Canton Fair. You, you made it out to Shenzhen. Thank you for the conference we had and, and, uh, sure. and other, you want to give us a small recap of that or? Yeah. I mean, I, this was my first time in China. Um, so it was, um, it was, it was quite the experience. Uh, I came through Australia after a couple of weeks and then, uh, spent some time in, in Thailand afterwards. But so about a week in China, most of the time in Guangzhou and then up with you guys for a couple of days in, in Shenzhen. Um, you know, I think China is a really, a really interesting place. You know, I, I certainly, uh, applaud and appreciate the, the work ethic in China is, is, is is amazing you know the, this was my first time at, at canton fair and the, just the just the, the size and magnitude of it is 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 incredibly overwhelming right i mean it's you, you know you can prepare for it because you hear everybody um talk about it but like you know i'm in the kitchen space and i was really uh very hyper focused on what i wanted to see at the fair. Um, and so I, I really only walked like one section of one hall on one phase. And it took me, you know, the better part of about 10 hours. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and that was like one little part. Right. I mean, it was, it was, uh, just a slice of it. So, uh, you know, it's, it, it can be just massively overwhelming. I think you need to really have a plan going into Canton and, and, uh, uh, cause if you just, you know, if you just wander, I think you just get on information, uh, like stimulus overload. Totally. Um, and it makes, it just makes it harder to make good decisions, you know? So, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I went in, it's, it's interesting, you know, I went in to find a couple new manufacturers for my existing line. And then I knew the next couple of products that I wanted to roll out. And so, but I wasn't set on what kind of product I was just set on the, the kind of, uh, area. And so that was more of a, you know, a, a discovery. Um, but I knew kind of like what I wanted it, wanted it to be sort of like, you know, and so I ended up, uh, you know, creating a couple of things that were a blend of a couple different products, which, you know, that, that's just something that's very hard to do unless you're there. So that's, I think that's one of the, the big benefits of, of being in that space. It just really can, you know, if your mind's right, really can inspire creativity. Agreed. Yeah, that's that's what got me out here was trying to develop some a little bit enhanced products for my first e-commerce business and and yeah, the speed and uh, yeah, you said a lot of different things, but yeah, like China's definitely hardworking. Most Chinese people and and then your other great tip was it's true. Like I talked to some entrepreneurs or business owners who are like, oh, I'm going to come to Canton Fair and find a product. Oh, I don't really have any idea what I'm going to sell, but I'm going to stop it, stop by the Canton fair and find a product. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that is yeah. crazy. I don't think that can work. I mean, some people think it can inspire you a little bit, but I, I think you had the right approach. You had your specific uh, goal and you could stick within one area and cover that. Uh, even that took you 10 hours, which is crazy, but yeah, exactly. It's, it was exhausting. I couldn't imagine. I mean, I browsed through there just 
for fun, taking groups of friends around and it's true. It's, uh, it's so huge. You, 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 to get from one side to the other, they even have like, uh, golf carts to help bring you from one side to the other. I'm not sure if you saw that, but you can kind of uh, wait in line. They have these golf carts yeah. with workers that will drive you from one side to the other. But, uh, we took an FDA from, uh, from hall A back to hall C towards the hotel. Um, we stayed at the Langham place, which, um, was another interesting experience, but, uh, which was right by hall C, not too far of a walk. Okay. But, uh, yeah, we took those back pretty much every day. Yep. Yeah. Transportation in China is like, there's so many different ways of trans. It's one of my more popular blog posts are like how to cross the borders, how to travel in China, you know, trains, planes, and automobiles for real, for real here. <laughs> it's crazy. It's yeah, really, it's, it's interesting taking ca- taxis in China, right? You, know, you, <laughs> yeah. you know, you lean in and, and, uh, I don't think I've ever been in a place where you tell them where you want to go and, you know, you got probably a 50, 50 chance of mm-hmm. them just saying, no, 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 you know, not enough, you know, but it's not far enough. Or yeah. Not, not the uh, direction yeah. that they want to go or just flat out turn you down. It's hilarious. Yeah. So sometimes I just don't tell them or I, I just get in a car and I just force them almost, but not even that doesn't work sometimes, but there were sometimes, yeah, yeah. sometimes their excuses there, uh, shift is changing. So they say they can't go too far from where they got to switch their shift. Okay. Well, we went from, uh, we took taxis almost every day. Well, sometimes twice a day from the hotel down to, uh, um, down to the pier area for food or drinks or whatnot. And, and, uh, you know, we paid such a a wide range of, uh, (laughs) of, of fares. It was crazy. Yeah, I totally understand. Cool. Well, so let's get into some of the, the the meat and potatoes here. So you had a great talk at the at the matchmaker, and you've also met some sellers, both Chinese and foreigners living in China. I will, I'm kind of wondering if you if you notice any differences with sellers here or or strategies that they're doing. Um, that live in China, you know. I think you know. I, I would say. I don't, I don't think I'm, I know that many, but I, I think that like, if, if we just went, you know, coming off what we just talked about, which is, you know, there's, there's probably, you know, some distinctive advantages to, uh, to being, you know, actually physically at Canton as opposed to trying to source off of like Alibaba. Right. Um, God, I mean, Alibaba, man, I think I'd rather have my toenails ripped <laughs> off than source product on Alibaba. But anyway, I know it's a necessary evil sometimes. But, um, you know, I think if there's an advantage between those two things, then, you know, there's another level of advantage, you know, being in China, right, where you can physically go and spend time, uh, you know, with, uh, with the factories um, and, you know, have – you know, not, you know, just have discussions that aren't rushed because you're at the fair, and uh, you know, that, you know, because, you know, it's an extremely busy time for mm-hmm. them as well. Right. True, true. So, you know, they're, you know, they're putting on their public face and, and uh, you know, they're seeing thousands of people come by their booth on, you know, every day, uh, you know, and then they come off the fair and they have a couple of months of, 
of, of hard work, which is right now. And then, you know, then Chinese New Year is right around the corner. So this is, you know, this is the crunch time for the factories. So I think being actually in China, you have, uh, you know, you just have a, a very different vantage point. You know, you have opportunities to probably shop competitors and and uh that could you know effectively drive down price even more drive up quality um you know because lots of factories make the same exact product but um you know they're all of them are going to differ in terms of quality and production times and costs and you know even make an exact same thing and they may even be a few kilometers away from each other in terms of the factory so, uh, you know, I think that's a big advantage there, you know, starting to understand the culture, you know, as a Westerner better, you know, probably puts you in a, in a little better uh, communication point with, uh, with the factories, but, you know, just under really understanding, getting things, I think it, it, every step you take, you know, demystifies the process a bit, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, even though I, had, I, we had worked with thousands of sellers over the last couple of years, when I f- sent my first wire payment to my first manufacturer, you know, it's still one of those, you know, gut checking, you know, moments because it's just, you know, it's a little bit of an unknown. Uh, and so I think anything that you can do to bring your comfort level up as a, as a Westerner, uh, bring, uh, the, the, the fear level down makes, you know, makes your world a little bit better. Totally. Yeah. But it's all about step by step. I mean, that's one reason I even decided well, now I live here, but I visited and there was just so much still to learn and do. I guess uh, it was uh, unbelievable. So I'm still learning. But I think, yeah, for those just like earlier in a conversation about being an entrepreneur or business owner, I think it's it's a lifelong uh, process. So, uh, you know, I think you can't get frozen with not making a decision to start. So agreed. Okay. And let's go some, some tactics. So do you think actually just in general with listing optimization, I think we'll, we'll say this conversation are, do you think there's still a lot of opportunity? There's still a lot of sellers or listings that are just, they're doing okay, but they could do a lot better. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I think that the, the, the thing that we see most of all, um, in terms of listings is that they're just, um, they're, incredibly under optimized right um you know and i think uh the days are just kind of gone um of you know taking a a couple of pictures with your iphone slapping up a listing uh you know putting a a few of the most obvious keywords in and and having your product do well like that's just not a reality anymore and uh, unless unless you're Amazon, right? Unless you're they're selling the product, you know. I mean, Amazon can still sell lots of stuff with really bad listings, mm. but you know they control the traffic flow, right? So yeah, I think uh, you know earlier this year I read a stat with Amazon had two billion visitors, two billion in a month, and uh, you know so when you break that down per per day and hour it's just this massively overwhelming amount of people you know but amazon's controlling that it's like all those people lining up at the gate right and there's all these different doors that they're walking through and amazon controls which doors people walk through so you know they can drive and direct traffic to their own listings all they want 
for for the rest of us, you know, we've got to we've got to fight for that traffic. And uh, yeah, so optimization right now, I think, is is one of the key things that is going to that differentiates uh, successful listings from from average ones. Makes sense. Makes sense. So can maybe what are some strategies like, you know, we got our coffee brand, coffee accessory brand, and we made our ASIN. What are, what are some, some uh, tips you can give us the listeners? Sure. I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, the, the listing has to be, uh, has to be done in a, I think Will talked about this a bit at the, at the, at your event, mm-hmm. you know, listing has to be created for both the Amazon algorithm and actual consumers, right? So the, the algorithm is what is going to get a consumer's, uh, eyeballs on your listing, right? So, you know, it's all driven by how someone searches and what someone searches for. And the algorithm will pick up whether or not that's relevant and, and whether or not that is pertinent to your to your listing. But once you, the eyeballs get there, if it's written poor English or if it's written uh, with just like, you know, just massive amounts of keyword stuff in there, you know, it, it may get some traction, but I think it's going to convert lower. So, you know, it's this dance between getting enough uh, sessions or, or uh, actual visitors to your page and then converting a high enough percentage, right? So, you know, conversion doesn't kick in until after the sessions are there, but um, those two things are really what kind of gets the Amazon flywheel flywheel moving, right? So, you know, number of sales you make and the conversion rate is, is are going to be the two big things that influence how much traffic Amazon sends you. So the the first most important part of that listing is is always going to be your title, your headline, and uh, that really needs to target your your main keyword phrases as much as possible, and um, but also written in a way that's readable. You know, I like to see your main keyword phrase uh, right up towards the front, and uh, and in, in that I would have your your main you know short keyword phrase. So, for example, I don't know exactly what you're. I know you're in the coffee uh, space, Mike. Yeah, like mocha pot. One, like those uh, stovetop uh, coffee espresso oh, makers, you put them up. Yeah. yeah, I learned this keyword actually from this product. I didn't know this uh, keyword before. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's a that's, that's a good example, right? Where you just don't like it's you got to get beyond the obvious. But you know that. So what I like to see is is um, consistency. You know, our brains are as human beings are programmed to to focus on things that make sense to us. And so, you know, I like to see our main search terms really be consistent from the, the term that someone searches to what they see when they first look at your listing. And so that main term I like to see right up front with, you know, your best short and long tail keywords right up front. So if you can stack you know, between not just the one word, but two and three and four words together right up front of the listing. Uh, so that's the first thing people see after they search. And so, you know, if they type in Mocha Pod Espresso Maker, right? Mm-hmm. And then listing literally says Mocha Pod Espresso Maker. I, I'm just making this up based on what you said sure. uh, without doing any research. 
But that consistency of I just, you know, consumer just searched this term and then your listing says exactly that. The likelihood of you getting a click from that is very solid compared to everybody else that may have some of those terms in that first couple of uh, couple of words. Uh, you know, the one big thing that everyone started doing because we copied the existing listings on Amazon was you know, people for years would put the brand name right up front of the listing. Mm. So, you know, like you're listing, like you're, let's say you're ABC coffee, right? Or I'm just making it up. But sure. uh, now while you may think ABC coffee is the best thing, most important company in the world, nobody knows what it is. Right. And so to, uh, unless you're a big rec- recognizable brand, uh, then to take that most important part of real estate and give it to your brand name just doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, if you want to have your brand name in your headline, by all means, do not put it first. Drop it off to the very end, uh, or in, in uh, uh, we actually leave it off many, many times uh, because it's it's literally right underneath it on the listing. Mm. It's right underneath the title. And you don't need it in your headline, you know, um, and unless your brand becomes something that people are searching for, you don't need it. Makes sense. Yeah, it's true. That's true. I mean, like a lot of us, it's, it's about thinking about the user, not yourself. I mean, we all get excited about our brands and we, we hope, you know, people can remember our brands. But yeah, it's, it's about the, uh, it's about what the user is searching for. Sure. Sure. I mean, if you get to a point where you have people that are buying uh, from you multiple times and they're buying multiple products and, um, you know, then uh, then maybe consider putting it in. But even even at that point, they're still going to find you if they type in your brand, you know, so good stuff. So title by far is the most important. And then uh, followed by your bullet points and your back end keywords and any description. Yep. And I still got to play with my SIN. I haven't done it in a while, but I, I've done some books. I have a few books at the podcast. Golden Age, I've written a few books. And I remember I could do some limited HTML, like H2 tags and, L, you know, bullet point LI. You know, you can make it a little bit. I know sure. there's not too much you can do, but I think I got to play with it now. But I used to kind of put some like H2 tags and stuff. I don't, at least in a book I did like a year ago or something, I was able to hack yeah. that. Yeah, in the in the description you can. That's the only place that will actually take HTML code. Um, it's technically against terms of service, but it's it's not a um, it's not a, a, an enforced uh, rule violation from what we can see, and uh, it's not something that will get your account shut down. If if anything, they'll ask you to change it. But yeah, so you want it, the description if if you're lucky enough to get a a, a customer that reads through your headline and reads through your bold points and looks at all your images and they get down to the product description you want that to be really easy on the eye you know because you can you can put up to 2,000 characters there which is quite a lot of space and you know so you want to you want to make that so it's it's got line breaks and you've got um, you know headers of the different areas uh, bolded and you've got you know some bullet points and uh, you know, and, and just so it's it's nice and easy on the eye, as opposed to you know one big paragraph that you know as soon as your the customer's eyes look at it, they're gonna you know they're gonna leave because um, it's just overwhelming. It's too much, right? 
And remember, you know, on mobile, which is about half of the shoppers, you know, the, the, the description is truncated anyway, and you only get about 200 to 250 characters that display on mobile. So you want that very first, you know, c- couple of sentences of your description to be a, a powerful statement that moves the buyer to purchase. Mm, makes sense. And then there's, uh, of course, photos. I mean, one of your businesses is even focus purely on photos so photos is there and then everybody's getting excited about video mayor i think you met at a conference on a show a couple times too he he's getting excited yeah. about video so yeah. of course all this i think photos is um you know i think i think great photography uh is probably the least expensive way to differentiate your product you know, if you think about all the things and all the money you can spend on packaging and, and what it looks like, you know, at the end of the day, when you come down to showcasing that, you know, investing in good photography is, is very, very smart because it's, it's not something that everyone, every, so you talk about optimization, there's still opportunity to, to differentiate via optimization. Well, there's still massive opportunity to differentiate via photography. It's it's always kind of cracked me up, like, well, you know, people will spend, you know, $5,000 to source their product, you know, for their first, you know, 500 or 1,000 units, and they'll spend six months of their life doing it. And and then they get their product ready, and they go on, you know, a site like Fiverr for photography, Mm -hmm. and pay, you know, $25, you know, it just makes no sense whatsoever. So, you know, done right. You know, you only have to do it once, potentially making little tweaks over time. But yeah, it's uh, it's a uh, it's super important. Buyers are largely visual, and we make visual decisions. And you know, you really want to set your photos up so that people can make an actual intelligent buying decision just by looking through your image stack. And so that's it's really super important. It's a great way to to uh, build a bit of a moat around your your products, right? Totally. So like, you know, yeah, think about it. If you're looking to source a product and you're doing your research and you come across a product that's viable and the best sellers all have unbelievably well-written copy, uh, it's clearly keyword researched, uh, and then incredible photos that they it's clear they've spent some time and money on. Like that those are are decision points that move keep someone potentially away from trying to compete with you and uh you know if those things are done poorly it just creates a much more much uh it creates an open door for competitors Mm. makes sense makes sense so thanks so much keith this has been been really exciting how how can well any last words i mean I, i we went through a few but like any last tip you think for for somebody, well, we went through those three or maybe we can just summarize quickly. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, as there, there there's so many moving parts in, in, in the Amazon business, right. And, you know, you're working really hard to source and create a, you know, a differentiated product. Um, uh, you know, I think that, uh, We've got to tackle my recommendation is whether you, you, you know, you utilize the services of any of uh, our companies, Market Hustle or Seller Photo or any of the other service providers in the space. You know, I think, you know, you, 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 you want to really choose 
um, to focus on what you're good at and, and what you enjoy as part of this business. Right. Um, you know, uh, I'm a big fan of, of outsourcing to experts. Uh, you know, we've, we've started this, these businesses because, uh, this, these are the paths that we follow as, as sellers. Uh, you can't do everything and you can't do everything really well either. So I think it's important to learn about the different parts of the business. Um, but knowing and having a, a, an understanding of something and then doing it yourself are two different things. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I think, you know, I think that Michael, you want to, yeah, you want to dive into the areas that you're going to enjoy the most. And, you know, as, as Westerners, because it does take us time to source and brand, you know, those are, those are the areas I think have the biggest payoff because it's, it's, you can't outsource those things, you know, um, product choice and selection and, and differentiation is something that you really get to put your, you know, invest your time into. Um, the actual service fields, uh, you know, you want to find uh, uh, vendors that you're comfortable with, um, that you can talk to, that you can have real dialogue with, um, you know, because the business can get kind of lonely being an e-commerce seller, mm. you know, business mostly over the computer. And so if you can find some vendors that, you know, kind of become an extension of your team, I mean, they're worth every single dollar uh, that you spend with them because it's, uh, you know, you really have you, you've expanded your your own little personal team. And uh, and it just it just makes life a lot more enjoyable and generally speaking, produces better results for you. Yes, so that would be true. Yeah, that's great. And then, of course, you have your service. We'll link in the show notes markethustle.com and seller photo definitely worth people taking taking a shot to contact you guys and and uh like you said like you can't do everything amazon business especially is overwhelming there are so many different pieces and specialties so so some people can reach out to you and they, and then any, any other ways people can find you online or um, those are probably the two best. Uh, you know, I tend to keep Facebook available, you know, open just for, for more personal friends. Uh, you know, I, I accept everybody on LinkedIn. Um, and I'm Keith B. O'Brien over there. Okay. Uh, you know, but, uh, if, uh, if it's a Chinese based, uh, seller or manufacturer that's listening to this podcast and you want to uh, connect via WeChat, um, I'm certainly open for that. And I think, I don't know, Michael. I'm Keith B. O'Brien there too, right? Um, uh, I we can. I can put in a notes. Uh, it takes a little bit of time to find free, the username. I feel can. free to share that. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm Keith underscore O'Brien. Okay. Uh, at WeChat, and I'm ha you know welcome to connect with anybody there. Awesome. Um, yeah. All right. Thanks. And then another quick one. I haven't even talked to you about this, but it's a. I'm, early stages planning a trip to the States with the fam in February. My parents are in uh, Port St. Lucie. So hopefully we can catch up or do something when I'm there. Yeah, that'd be great. I'll keep you posted. Keep uh, listeners posted too. Maybe get some meetup happening or something. <laughs> cool. Cool. Sounds fantastic. All right, Keith. Thanks again for sharing. All right. Thank you for having me, Mike. All right. What do you guys think? Episode 204 global from Asia and it has this deeper voice and uh, got to have fun a little bit today. Uh, trying some different ways of talking, <laughs> different pitches and 
Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We are pushing forward here. And thanks for listening. Have a great day. Bye-bye. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.